Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, Palm. Follow me on Twitter at dpalm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UDPod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guessed it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere. You get your podcast for free. 99. We're back. College football talk. Um, so on the last episode, I had Justin Jones on, noted Florida fan. Uh, the episode dropped on his birthday. Um, and we talked about kind of what we thought was going to happen this weekend. And I want to be very clear. Like, there's not a hint of trepidation in my voice during that podcast. Because there was no doubt in my mind, Brock Bowers, no Brock Bowers, what was going to happen Saturday. And I did not know Kirby was as upset as he was. Like, clearly something's going on where Kirby's like, we need to send a message with this one. And a message was sent, a message received. If I want to talk about a message and kind of the path forward for these Georgia Bulldogs, I got to talk to one of my old colleagues, a fellow dude, you crazy alumni. We got Jason Smith on the, on the mic today. What's up, Jason? Hey, man. I am, uh, I'm, I'm less than 100%. I like, uh, I got over my skis during a Florida game again. And that's, it's, it's rookie move, frankly. I was, uh. I've been abstaining and being very good from touching any adult uh, beverages. And then yesterday, I feel like after, I think around the 36 mark, 36 points mark, I was like, you know, I'm going to, it's been a while. I'm going to crack open a little bit of bourbon and then we'll go with a headache. Now I feel like, you know, pretty washed right now. It's uh, I had two beers, hmm? two beers. Cause I've got a child that's much younger than your children. That's and, true. Uh, <laughs> um, I have a, I have one of my best friends, one of my best friends in the world. His birthday is always around Halloween. I was calling him yesterday for his birthday and he was haggard. He was beat up. He said, I was trying to take it easy and it got out of hand. And he is an unmarried man. Um, mm-hmm. A very good looking unmarried man. And um, I said, I've never related to you less than in this conversation like this is one of my best friends in the world like i would take a bullet for this man and i've never related to it less than in the (laughs) conversation yesterday like well suddenly realized the gap between you has grown he's but we have nothing in common (laughs) so it's a it's a i got i got I don't have grown kids, but I have, you know, growner kids than you do right now. And that, you got, yeah, that you got kids I'm that are semi-independent. They're actual individual beings and they can do things on their own a little bit. And I'll get there, I promise. But we're not here to ruminate over um, my future as a father. Uh, I do want to talk about the, the issues of the day in college football. But before we do, I do have kind of things that, you know, they stick in my craw. We're going to talk about a school that sticks in years later. Jason, did you ever watch the Real World Roll Rules Challenge? I remember it. I remember don't think it. I ever watched it with any that regularity. Awesome, because now I get to talk. So uh, you're talking to a huge fan. You're talking to a super fan. You're talking to someone who watches every season as they come out. My wife and I, it's one. It's our one reality show. We don't watch Housewives. We don't watch Bachelors. We watch the challenge. We watch these idiots hurt themselves for like not very much money. And this season, they're doing a thing where they're only bringing people who've never won before. And it feels like vintage challenge. It's people getting too drunk, too stupid. It's people making mistakes. It's not these savvy veterans who are like, this is my life savings for the next three years. It is people who are like, oh, I want to be famous and be on television. And I just want to say the challenge is back, and I couldn't be happier for it. It's America's 
fifth major sport. America's fourth major sport did something this week I didn't expect. So not a huge hockey fan. I know I don't think you are either, Jason. I do love going to live games. Live hockey is my favorite live sports experience. But I think there's rumors are going to try it again in Atlanta. We'll see. But I don't know if you heard the story. They had banned Pride tape before the season. It was a huge thing kind of in, in making a lot of noises. Hockey dropped puck a couple weeks ago. But now they've reversed the ban because, like, one of their biggest stars, Connor McDavid, who doesn't speak up about anything, led a coalition of players who was like, hey, the, the bigoted assholes you're bowing to, we outnumber them, reverse the ban. And so, and the way they had done it was the players were just doing it anyway. And for a sport that's not known to be, like, thought of, at least, in a progressive light, I thought that was a pretty good level of, like, oh, no, we're still the players. Like, we can still do what the fuck we want, and we challenge you to stop us. And I I, I don't know. Am I small for appreciating that gesture? No. I mean, I think especially in hockey where – what I didn't follow the story with a ton of detail, but I know um, a lot of – so I've lived in Nashville for uh, about a decade, and it was an AM, a Preds fan – um don't follow them with any like super regularity but if i'm if i got a horse in the in the race it's the preds um and i know that for some preds fans that i follow on twitter this was a a story that was like really pissing them off um but i I think that whoops sorry hang on um uh back i'm back uh so i think one thing that i thought was really good about this story, I guess, is that this came from the players because what people were worried about a lot was um, the culture of hockey that was, you know, sort of instituted in the players being a thing that you had to get over the hump with to make this happen. And it seems like that hasn't been the case with most of the players. Like, uh, I think, you know, especially given like how prominent with like, you know, Russian and other Eastern European cultures are within hockey, like, you know, not necessarily known to be the most progressive on LGBT issues. Um, and I think seeing this kind of upswell from the players is encouraging. Like, it's it's good that, you know, non-bigotry won out in a culture, in a sport where the culture typically tends the other direction. It's, yeah, 100%. I think that, I think that as these sports get younger, and I hate doing that, where people just said, the youth are going to save us. But as we... As these kids travel more, like one of the big things to breaking down barriers is travel and exposure to other cultures. As you put these kids on travel teams that are going around the country and the world at younger and younger ages, they it's harder to stay bigoted once you look at the people you say you hate in the face. It's harder to do that. Like it's just and so if this is one of those things where people say, oh, there's a true uniting and restorative power to sports if we allow it to be that, this is one of those cases. And so I really I uh, I hope that. Uh, yeah, we get more stories like that. And I hope that, that this, the rescindance of the rule gets as much of coverage as the rule itself did. Did you see, yeah. did you happen to follow the Tyson Fury, Francis Ngannou fight yesterday? I saw some of the highlights. I did not follow it super hard, but it looked like Tyson Fury got bailed out at the end pretty clearly. Am I, did I, am I misinterpreting what I saw from the highlight reels? You are correctly interpreting because I saw the same reels you did. I also saw the uproar from other prominent athletes saying things like fixed. What are we doing? This is why I don't watch boxing. No, friends. This is why you watch boxing. You don't watch boxing for a fair, just judgment. You watch boxing for the hook, for the crook, for the inevitable rematch. This is why you watch. And this, my friend, Jason, is why I watch professional wrestling. 
I want my script to be a script. Like, tell the story that's going to have a build, that's going to tell the the thing about pro wrestling is you're designed to leave the arena with a smile on your face. No one in Saudi Arabia, well, (laughs) uh, left with a smile on their face. Did you see the seating arrangement? It was Eminem, Vince McMahon, and Mike Tyson. <laughs> like, just drop a mic, please. God, just drop a mic. Yeah, right. Somebody needs to have a wire in there on that, that little conversation. Oh, and Vince shaved the mustache, which I am. I don't know what the plan is, Vince. Endeavor basically took him out back and shot him after the deal went through. They said that uh, he's been relegated to no power and creative whatsoever. And so the thing that he wanted to do, the reason he made the deal was to keep power and creative and they lied to him. That's what happens a lot in mergers. And the next act for Vincent Kennedy McMahon as this looming, uh, I guess, is it Grant? It's not Grantland. It's whatever, uh, The Ringer. They've got a documentary coming out apparently with HBO that Vince has no power over Final Cut of, and I know this may not matter to you, but I'm telling you right now, when they if they tell the story of Vince McMahon, man, it's one of the bigger bastards that's ever lived in American history. Sure, that it's, makes sense. It is going to be wild, but this is why I like pro wrestling. Like, look, Fury. Look, Francis Ngannou was supposed to be the MMA guy who was getting a paycheck, who was going to make the champ look great, and he put the motherfucker on his ass. Yeah, he 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 looked to be landing combinations like nearly at will in the mid midpoint of that fight, um, and yeah, like I, Fury's one of these guys that like I just don't find him that interesting. Like I find right. like I I watch boxing like so I, I just didn't pay for this one. Um, if this had been an ESPN fight, I would have been watching it. Um, right. And I think that like I just don't find the heavyweight division all that interesting right now. I find the more like midweight divisions extremely interesting right now. Like, right, that, like right, right. I paid for Bud Crawford and it was worth every penny. Like it was a great fight to watch. Right I was, I was mad. They stopped it. Honestly, like I wanted to see, I mean, I don't want the guy to get hurt, but you know, Spence, I'm glad they protected Spence, but still it was great to like, it was a really good fight. Um, but I think fury after, you know, the, the Anthony Joshua fury thing, I think now it's just kind of, I don't find that division to be all that compelling and especially wasn't going to watch it because I was like, oh, it's a UFC guy. Like, this is going to be nothing. And then was watching as the internet kind of said, no, there's something here. This is, this is not exactly what we thought Nagani it was going to be. put him down. That's the heavyweight champion. And that's a man's first boxing match ever, Jason. Yeah, I mean, some guys can – some guys, when they put their hands on you, yeah, that's universal. <laughs> Fury was <laughs> a 14-1 to one favorite on to win the match. Yeah. Like what? I, I don't know, but I mean, I man, I thought that I thought that watching those combinations, I was like, that guy probably has a future in the heavyweight division. I think he might be. He, <laughs> he, might, he might hang around for a while. Doing this. <laughs> His first fight at thirty-seven. My goodness. Well, let's talk about the thing that you and I love the most. Let's talk about. By God, college football. I've always said college football tends to work itself out. Now on to Oklahoma. <laughs> Jason, what? Like, I get it. It's raining. Dylan's not throwing well. He's not throwing at all, really, it looks like. He's running a lot. They get three on the ground touchdowns. But is this less about uh, Brent Venables having an ability to have his defense disappear? Or is it about what Kansas has, like, quietly built over the last three to four years? It's about Kansas. Like this, I mean, Oklahoma has been wanting to lose these past two weeks. Like UCF, <laughs> they've been fighting it off. 
<laughs> that yeah, like this felt like I'm like this was not shocking. And I think part of the reason it was getting such good billing from TV is like people were looking around going like, man, they look like garbage. It, it had uh, apart from Gus Malzahn coming calling the dumbest two point conversion play I have ever seen. Um, UCF probably wins that football game. Yes. And we're talking yes. about two loss Oklahoma now. But I think that it, it felt like it had been coming that Oklahoma was sort of running out of answers on offense. And if you if you have a bad day and that defense kind of gets iffy, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Um, but you avoid, like, the really rough loss to UCF. Like, you're thinking maybe, maybe you get it back um, on track. But I, I think the story here is more, <clears throat> you know, far more what Kansas is doing. That <clears throat> Lance Leipold, for my money, is like the if you got a bailout on a coach right now um mm-hmm. and you need to go find somebody i would go get that dude um he like kansas he has made kansas a serviceable bowl team um and after um after charlie weiss i, I don't know that we thought that was going to be a thing for quite a while um right, right. But lance almost overnight like within a couple of years has made kansas an every year bowl team um, and a threat now, like they've, bec- they've become, honestly, Palmer, they've become what Iowa State used to be that like, <laughs> you know, you're going to get like somebody is going to mess up and trip in Lawrence now the same way it used to be about Ames, right? Like Texas hated going to Ames. Like don't ever send like Texas going to Ames, you might as well put a loss on there a couple of years ago, right? Like Matt Campbell had their number. I think this is kind of what Kansas is becoming now is the, they're the sort of big 10, big 12 team that like you really don't want to have to go on the road and play them, despite the fact that you're like, on paper, this should be a win. But I, I think Kansas is legit. I think they're going to be a really good team for the next few years. Well, I want to talk and about in a, and in a Big 12 with no Texas and Oklahoma, like, who's to say? Oh. Like, Kansas can win the damn league. You know, like, Why not? Go in there. Why not? Go, go win and with the league. A, and with a 12-team playoff? Mm-hmm. Man. Well, let's do this before. Let's do this. I don't want this to hang over the entire podcast. I know we're going to talk about it. Um, Georgia 43, 4 to 20. Yeah. Jason, I don't want to be the greedy fan. I don't want to be the asshole. I really don't. I'm fighting this urge within me. But, Jason, like, They've got to tear that program down to the studs. I don't, I don't know. Um, that's a, I mean, it's a really tough question. You know, like it, I think. What, what, what are you holding on to? I'm, I mean, I, this he, is me, this is someone this is, who, I, this is coming from someone whose personal preference for all the world, if I had one wish, it would be that Florida gets beaten so badly they stop having football. I want to ruin their program. But if we're going to do this every year and I have to pretend to care, I want it to be interesting, which is a sentence I never thought I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, I do think it is difficult. You can look at, like, what – I honestly, this is a really weird segue – one of the craziest uh, achievements I feel like of Mark Rick's tenure was winning 10 games as like the third best team in the conference, you know, like it, during the Bama urban years, like Mark still winning 10 games was pretty remarkable. It's hard to be that third team, right? And Florida is trying, the crazy thing about where Florida is right now is they're trying to get back to being the third team because they're not the third team right now. They're like not. that's not even close. No. Um, like I think Are they the you fifth look team? at, 
Are they the fifth team? Now, no. I think Mizzou's the fifth team. Mizzou, yeah. I mean, or I mean, Tennessee. I mean, squint just the certain right way, and Tennessee maybe. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think it gives Bama, it gives us Bama, LSU, Ole Miss probably. Oh, it's A and M maybe. God, I hate it. Ugh, I hate and then enough, Mizzou, but, like I know it's the state that you hate, and trust me, I, I want to talk about it. But like they're, I mean, they're legit. Like they're, they have a real problem. Um, there's a, like they're, and, they're like there's rot in the floor war. Like something's wrong. I think he's recruiting. I mean, this is this sounds so down bad. I, I know how down bad this sounds, but like he seems to be recruiting well. Um, it just seems like that's the I, like, sec, that's the uh, the uh, the calling card of the loser. I know. I know. That's you're gonna I, tell I'm about upset. academic standards. But here's the thing, though. Cruton is the only way you're gonna get out of a hole. Like you got to have the Dukes, and it was clear. I think. I mean, I think just based on you know watching like I went back and watched like key players right before we jumped on. Um, they don't have the dudes at tackle. Like that's not a thing. They just they just don't have them right now. Um, they those guys were getting abused on the exterior of that offensive line. Um. They don't appear to have the dudes at the secondary, I think. Their secondary seems much more, like, porous than it used to be. I thought their defensive front played okay. Jason, Jason, I really hate to say this. Those are, like, foundational pieces of offensive defense. Yeah, I know. Like, if you can't block it, you can't run it. And if your guys can't cover, we can't stop it. Like, that's, like, the two places that you were like, hey, they're not great. Those are real big fucking problems. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. When you have big fucking problems like that, what I expect coaches to do, and here's my real criticism of, of the Gators right now, what I expect coaches to do is to draw up a game plan that gets you as far away from those problems as possible, right? <laughs> Florida, Trevor Etienne ran the ball seven times. Seven. Seven are we times. Counting, are we counting what the worst you... play in college football history? Yeah, yeah, right. I, that, that's if that is a, if that is one of his carries, that makes it even worse. That's so like fire, six carries that was a fireable offense. They should have fired him at halftime. That was a that play call. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I don't know how this turned into like a segment. But every week from the last like three or four weeks, I found one play that made me viscerally angry. Last week it was Lane Kiffin's toss sweet into the boundary that Felder talked me into being a good play because now Georgia has to scout it. Which fine, whatever. <laughs> the Florida fourth and inches. We're snapping the ball through our quarterback's legs to give it to our tailback who's going to throw the ball is a fireable offense. Weren't they winning? You know when, like, Weren't they winning? Uh, it was 7-3 I believe, it, I believe it was 10-7 when that happened. No, no, it was 7-3 because this is where the downhill rush of points started occurring. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was like 31 points in six minutes. You're like, wait, what happened? I, black, <laughs> I blacked out. How, how the score get so bad? You have to know that when, like, Graham, when Graham Mertz is, like, t- like getting on his tiptoes, so that he knows the ball isn't going to hit him in the junk on the way through. Like you, like at a certain point, Graham's got to be sitting there thinking, like, how did I get into this? Like, what, 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 did I, what choices did I make? It feels like you're probably, you're probably wondering how I got here. Yeah, right. Like, but I, I thought, I thought it was clear sure. watching. I don't, and maybe I'm like, I just think that you should try to. George, like our defense front availed itself very well. From what I was, I was a worried sack that our party. front. Stuff, Sacks that you and I have privately worried about not occurring all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was worried about our front seven. I was worried that our front seven was not quite strong. 
We'll talk about yeah, okay, in one second. I do want to point this out. Last week, Graham Mertz threw hundred for 423 goddamn yards. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that if the lesson you learned from that as an offense was wrong, but the idea that you were just going to yuck it against Georgia when you know your tackles ain't those tackles, yeah, feels like malpractice. You also know from the scouting report that this Georgia team is different than the past two iterations. Our strength is our secondary. Like, there ain't no, like, I mean, Darion Kendrick's in the league, but, like, he was not the strongest member of that 2021 defense. If you're going to go for somebody, you know, like, you got to pick on that secondary. Our secondary now is good. Like, there ain't really a, there's not a weak link back there. Um, Tyke Smith is having a hell of a season. There's nobody you can pick on in our secondary. And our front seven is not proven as far as stopping a run first team, really. And yet Trevor Etienne touched the ball six times, you know, like seven times. One of them was was a a pass. pass. Yeah. Like one of them, you're telling him to throw the ball. I hate them so much. Like that, that player right there, I was like, I hate him. I, 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 of course I hate Florida. It's a very big part of who I am as a person, but like that play right there felt like disrespectful to the game. Like, Hey man, you respect this game a little bit more than now. Like that, yeah. really didn't like it. I know the big results in the SEC yesterday. Tennessee did hell on fine against Kentucky. I don't like that game in a few weeks, but a, a game I honestly mm-hmm. do like less is the Mizzou game. And you've kind of already yeah. talked about it with the strength of Georgia being that secondary. But that Mizzou kid does appear to be uncoverable. Yeah. I mean, I think – Coming into the Florida game, the worry was, okay, if Florida – I'm not switching back to Florida, but just kind of like huh. think ahead to Mizzou. If Florida had come out and run first and really established ETN well, then you're starting to load the box up to try to stop ETN, and then all of a sudden Pearsall and Wilson become problems, right? The worry with Mizzou is that Mizzou can do this and say, yes. all right, we're going we're gonna to run Brady Cook, and we're going to run – I don't even know who their running back is now, but we're going to run him, whoever he is. I forget his name. Um, we're going to get them going. And then you're going to have to start not bracketing Luther Burton. And when that happens, then you are in deep trouble. Uh, it just seems like that is, that's, that's how Mizzou kills you. And so I, I do think, I mean, this could be the toughest and best win on Georgia's resume at the end of the year. Uh, a win over Mizzou, which sounds weird, but I kind of think that's where we're at. If, if Tennessee loses another game and Florida heads down the trajectory, I think they're going to head down. And Florida you know, does more Florida things. <laughs> yeah, you know, Ole Miss loses the Egg Bowl. Like, we're looking at a Mizzou team. Ole Miss is going to win the Egg Bowl. Stop. Ole Miss is going to win the Egg Bowl. You do not know. No, do not. Do not dare say that you know what's going to happen I don't, in the Egg okay, Bowl. That's okay, not okay, Very, very good point. I don't know that. I and the thing is to even be surprised in the Egg Bowl should not be surprised. Like, it's there's no way to prepare mm-hmm. for the Egg Bowl. That's a great point. You've, you put me in a box here, sir. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I do, anything. but I I do see, though, like, the path for Mizzou to upset this team. I mean, I, honestly, we're lucky to get them at home. I think this that's, as a road and game. And that's where I feel be confident tough. because – for me, Mizzou was like, well, what if Auburn could have thrown? Like, that's mm-hmm. my worry. Yeah. Like, what if Auburn could have thrown? And that was a confluence of, like, a bad day, going to Jordan Hare in September, which I didn't know was weird. I'd never done it before as a fan, so very strange for me. Um, but this is at home. And this is a team that has performed well at home. They've done, like, against those teams that you're saying, oh, they're going to come out and just hit you with hammers. Kentucky tried it. Yeah. When they know the run's coming, it's really – 
hard to do that thing. And with the confidence you're showing in not just the quarterback play, but the play calling, like the rhythm of Bobo. Like one of the things that I heard someone talking about in NFL podcast uh, was Dominic Foxworth talking about Monken. And that, yes, the play calling is, is the plays he's calling in Baltimore were great, but this is the week where he was attacking parts of the field in rhythm to where the defense was, you're always a, a step behind. Yeah. Like, oh, you took away the, the outside the numbers, great. There's Mark Angel at the middle. Oh, you took away Mark Angel at the middle and the numbers, great. You voided the middle of the field and now Lamar's going to be running uh, read options. Like, it was one of those things where, like, he was attacking you in so many. It's what Monken did really beautifully the last two years in play calling here. It's not just the plays, it was the sequencing of the plays that all of a sudden, yes, sometimes it is an accountant on the field and the mistake got made by a college kid. But sometimes Todd Monken is literally just got your defensive coordinator, like, batting at flies. And all of a sudden, Brock Bowers is open down the seam. And you're like, wait, how the hell is he open? It's because the defensive coordinator has literally been beaten to death by Todd Munkin's changing uh, desires. And so that's what I liked to see about Bobo this week. I liked the play sequencing. I liked the mix of intermediate to deep passes. I loved the use of run game in second and long um, because – it was moving with a confidence I didn't think was there offensively prior to probably the mid third quarter of the Auburn game. Um, and this is the time of year you need to have that confidence, not just in yourself as a play caller, but the players have to have confidence in themselves to make those plays in those big spots when they ask to do so. With Ladin McConkey bent that motherfucker inside out on that route. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, now, first of all, you're beat, and now you've lost leverage. This is a very bad route for you, sir, trying to cover that man. And so, yeah, yeah I just think that there's a lot of good things happening. Um, I, I'm i not the, – the, the down the stretch is a tough stretch. There's no doubt yeah. about it. But we're shaping up for a game that I'm not going to use the uh, the phrasing that, that Felder used, but you can find it on Twitter. Um, I'll say this. Felder put it beautifully. Whoever Kirby was afraid of of committing to Florida got a very clear message from Kirby yesterday. Yeah. Don't do that. Yep. This will happen to right. you. That's right. This will happen to you if you do that. He this, this was a threat. This that game was a threat to somebody. Someone and the message was received. There's no lack of there's no ambiguity, no lack of clarity in the message that was received there. Um, SEC, nothing else crazy happened. But let's talk about places where crazy did occur. Because, um, oh, by God, that's the ACC's music. <laughs> like I was telling you earlier, like I legitimately almost called Lauren Brown and I was like, hey, we had you on a couple weeks ago and the ACC kind of predictably went nuts. But this time, apparently, the CW is a breeding ground for chaos because Clemson, NC State. And I want to say this. Uh, the NC State coach, whose name I have forgotten, going at Dave Steve Dorian. Smith for talking on college game day. I don't watch game day. I'm pretty sure Jason doesn't either. I did see the clip of Steve Smith saying that's a basketball school. Clemson is going to win. Even if it's true, if it's true, it's funnier because Clemson's still lost. <laughs> oh, man, they are. Have they we are. reached the point in Clemson's? So let's frame this for the listener who doesn't matter have the background you and I do with these people, and I use that lovingly, for a century, Clemson brand was mid. Mm-hmm. And then if it approached non-mid, an activity would occur slamming them back to mid that we, let's just say, turned their school into a verb. We called it Clemsoning. Mm-hmm. So far, so true? Oh, yeah. 
I remember these days, old timer. I was with you in the early days of Twitter when it was still called Twitter. At a certain point, they brought in a youth pastor who surrounded himself with a lot of coaches and brought levels of success heretofore unknown to the school and these people. From there, he extorted those people to fill his coffers and the coffers of his assistant coaches so that they would not leave for seven or eight years, which does not happen in college football, thus fracturing the very apparatus of assistance in college football to the point where it's hard to staff staffs now because the work-life balance in the NFL was so much better and you've driven the assistance pay so high in both places. Why would I take equal money to do the job in college? When I tell you that this motherfucker broke college football, this is what I'm talking about. Tommy Reese is calling Alabama's plays. <laughs> it used to be Bill O'Brien. Somebody fucked up. <laughs> this also applies to whatever. This, this, what's really funny is, is that it's happening at Clemson, but it happens at every school that was a thing and then becomes something else. Them winning 10 games a season under Steve Spurrier at South Carolina has broken those people forever. Because now they're like, oh, we should win 10 games. I'm like, why would you? Don't think that. Because that, down that road leads only madness. I, I tell my students this. Because I, you know, uh, backstory. I teach in South Carolina. So, and live in, I live here too. Uh, South Carolina has, uh, this will be the nicest way to say this. They have the most dedicated fan base on earth. There is no other fan, apart from maybe Texas A&M, are the two most that's dedicated a, fan that's base a legitimate on earth. Because... There is no fan base I have ever encountered that le- that brings that much intensity and rah-rah to an endeavor where you are never going to win anything. Carolina, <laughs> Carolina's never won the con- – they've been to the conference championship one time. They've never won the conference in the history of the You're SEC. The they won the ACC once. In a talent-poor state. Like, Sewanee has more SEC championships <laughs> than <laughs> South Carolina. Tulane has better success in the SEC than South Carolina. And this is like one of the premier programs of the country. And like those people still go hard for this team. And I like at a certain point, you just kind of have to go. The only thing you have is like one Heisman trophy, one Heisman trophy that you stole from Herschel Walker because he was a freshman. He couldn't win it. That's the only reason they have a Heisman trophy winner in, in a rod, whatever his name is. Um, George Rogers. That's what his name is. That's it. Um, and then, you have a crazy stadium that is an awful place to go to. No one on earth likes going there, but you still fill it up every like torturous Saturday in Columbia. Um, and you never win anything. Uh, Jadavian Clowney knocked the guy's helmet off one time. Ooh, that is true. You did have the Jadavian Clowney. No one's so ever taken that. that from you, goddammit. No one's ever taken that from you. That's true. And you ruined I, the first wedding I went to with my wife was one of her best friends. My wife sewed the wedding dress. And I am on my phone watching Georgia lose to South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that and it wasn't streaming game? era. It was like 10 years ago. So it wasn't streaming. I'm just watching the game cast. It was real bad. Oh, God. I was down real was, bad. Was this the uh, was this the 20, the Todd Gurley year where Mike Bowman yeah. called a run on fourth down? Yeah. 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 Not fun. Not fun. Not speaking fun of people who are not having fun times, do you know Clemson's remaining schedule? I would love to hear it. 
I like will you do me a like do me a favor. I want live. I want just, just to hear your reaction. Will you look it up right now? I would I would be elated to. I am so sad because I'm not going to get the road and home thing right. I know the four teams because so they're four and four, right? They got to win. Is two one more of them games. Tech? Because that seems <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> they have to win two more games. I want you to look and tell me which game. Like read it out loud and tell me if they're going to make a bowl. Okay, so right now, oh God, yes, I love this. Uh-huh. Game. Is Clemson going to make a bowl? And if so, like that's the other thing is as they get worse, the Davos. Uh, the Dabo interviews get spicier. Holy shit, they're not going to make a bowl. Mm-mm. Okay, so they're home for yeah. Notre Dame, which is a loss. Loss. They're home for Tech, which we're going to talk about Tech next. And I, you know my t- stance on Tech. I am tech I refuse. <laughs> I refuse until the end of the season. However, I, I feel like the gift of where the guy's like peeking over something, like, huh, maybe I should. Mm-hmm. We're going to discuss it. Looks tech. weird over there. It looks weird. I don't know. Home for North Carolina. Which, honest to God, I don't know what to think about this shitty team anymore. No idea what to do with them. No idea. And then at South Carolina, which is a loss. Yep. That's a loss. So, you, it's a, so to make a bowl, you have to basically beat the two teams that tried to beat themselves yesterday in Tech and North Carolina. you got to beat both of them. If you can beat Tech and North Carolina, um, you can make if a bowl. Beat, or, yeah, you got to beat them both. Yeah. But, like, yeah, the, I mean, crazy thing. Do you see a record for this team looking at that schedule that is better than six and six? Because I do not. I think the best case scenario for Clemson, we started top five. Well, first of all, this is a great indictment of preseason rankings, as always. Right, sure. Yeah. But But you pose an interesting point because, like, the best case scenario is a five and five, or a six and six, excuse me, limping to a bowl. The, like, let's play. Does Dabo lose these kids scenario? Mm-hmm. Yep. Is missing a bowl. Like you're in the conversation with like Houston and Arkansas on quit watch right now at Clemson. Like you are in that level of down bad. Because you've um, got kids who've only played for stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this isn't like Cincinnati's down really bad right now, but that isn't a general like that's not a group of kids who showed up thinking we're going to win national titles it's also not a fan base who thinks we deserve to be a national championship contention right right this is going to be my new favorite subplot because as as they lose davos quotes are going to get spiced here and he's going to say crazier shit and because they're losing it's going to come under scrutiny beyond you and me texting ridiculous davos quotes to each other so i'm very excited about how this is going to turn out Like when you have to clarify the quote where you are calling your home fans bandwagon fans, you're in a, you're in a great place. <laughs> Wait a second. Are you in like your bandwagon? Like, when you're clarifying like, when you're clarifying with like percentages, he like he had to go back and say like what I mean is like 98 and a half of you guys are awesome, but that one and a half percent really sucks. Follow up. Are you intimating you may have crashed the wagon? Are you admitting the wagon has crashed? Like, what's what are you he saying? Tried to, he said, we need to lighten the load on the bandwagon here. And, and I think he lightened it by kicking everybody out of the wagon pretty much <laughs> by going. Like, I, I, it's one thing if everyone else hates me. What if you guys hated me too? Let's see. Let's try that on for yeah. size. <laughs> I, and the thing about I mean, it is. I don't know if we're going to. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. I started talking about this the way I did because I want to make something very clear. There's nothing that can happen where they fire him. He is God in Clemson. I want to make that very clear. Let's talk about a team that I don't want to talk about. Goddamn Tech. 
It might have a pulse. Tech. Might have a pulse. Bees. Mm-hmm. The bees final four game, just so everyone knows. At Virginia, which on hold on. Tech at Virginia on the CW. I don't know. <laughs> I'm watching from a bomb shelter. Is it on the CW? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, this is gonna be great. <laughs> That's gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know, the ACC has like a sideways deal with the CW, which is very funny, where they get like a game a week, but every game has been utter chaos. It's actually a pretty good product. Yeah, oh, it's, it's that great. brought you Riverdale. It's, it's like it's like some sort of like Batman's kid promo cut between your your college football games. It's awesome. It's really fun. All the games are good. They're always good. They've, we They're always good. Had that game yet. And now you've got two teams who I don't know what to think about either one of them. I, I tech legitimately confuses me. Mm-hmm. Tech has who lost to Bowling Green? Yeah, that one. Did. But and then beat Miami, Miami the next week. Beat Miami the and next then week. lost to Boston College the next week. And then beats North Carolina on homecoming. The, I know the it's weird a thing, thing. Like talking to Felder last week, he was like, "No, no, Butch Davis always loses the Virginia game. Cool." And I know Atlanta's always weird, but back to fucking back. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that scares me is that they appear to be on a. Uh on a structured schedule where they're winning one and then losing one. And if you run that to the end of the year, you hit Georgia on a win. So I'm just saying, if, if they're, if they're winning magic, every other game. There's not enough magic in, 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 there's not enough magic in bees in America. They've been killing bees for years. It's true. Our cell phones are destroying. In fact, the engineers built the thing that's killing the bees. Isn't that ironic? No. This is, this, this is a team I refuse to attempt to understand. And um, I really wish that I didn't have to care about this because my policy has always been it's not a rivalry, not a rivalry when, when you look at the record. But you've put me in a position now where I have to pre- I have to pay attention. I have to be aware of what's happened. I don't like it. Not one it bit. does. It does appear that some of this rise is more to do with how Miami and North Carolina just really stink at fixing it's their problems. It's just the midness of the ACC. Yeah. The ACC like is mid. Like, how do you Full give up stop. 22 points in a fourth quarter? It's because you don't have any defense. You know, like, North Carolina just doesn't have a defense. And then how do you let Tech come down and score in 50 seconds when they're on their own, like, 30 with, like, less than a minute to go? Well, it's because Mario Cristobal's a moron that didn't kneel the ball out, kneel the game out. You know, like, I mean, it's – so part Again. of this is – Yeah, like, Tech is uh, – credit to Brent – What's his name? Is it Brent Fry? Is that his name? That's not his name. I do not care. I, I think it's Brent. Anyway, whoever the head coach is for Georgia Tech, like credit to him and that they are taking advantage of people doing dumb stuff. You know, like when you when you do yeah. something stupid, <laughs> they do seem to Being like. Being a smart team is not that bad of a way to get money. Yeah, right? Like if you're, you know, doing do really, really good at game math is something Tech should be great at, and they appear they've got their guy. Like I like it. You know, you can really, you know, really hang your hat so on. So they're probably going to go bowling. They got Virginia, Clemson, Syracuse, and us. They're probably going to bowl, and good for them. They have not been bowling since 2018 when they last fired Paul Johnson, who was honored before the game and who must have been disgusted by watching the ball be thrown. Just must have been just vomitous. 
Can, uh, speaking of vomit, can we talk about Syracuse? Because my God, what? No, on why would you do that? Sure, you say whatever you give it off your chest. It's fine. I hate. Like I don't like Dino. I really like Dino. I think Dino is a, like a fun coach and is interesting for Syracuse. Here comes and, the like, butt. Well, that, Syracuse used to always be so reliable. Here's what you know. You don't know why I like Syracuse. Going back to the Clemson conversation, I like Syracuse because Syracuse tortured Dabo Sweeney for a number of years, <laughs> just tormented the guy. Playing in the Carrier Dome just obviously really drove Dabo crazy. Um, but they they're gonna have to fire him, and it I like I don't know who you go get right now. At, at, if you're a team on that level. Lance Leipold's not coming to Syracuse. You know, like, where, who are you going to go get? Like, you're going to have to go find an OC somewhere. I mean, maybe maybe it's Sean Lewis at Colorado. Maybe you go take Coach Brown's offensive coordinator. But um, they're they're really – they're awful right now. We're going to talk about Colorado later. I promise. I'm not going <clears> to <throat> let this happen. Uh, Duke scored no points against Louisville. Uh, speaking good. of down bad, how, this is such an – it really sucks for them because Elf He's playing hurt, really right? Well. He's hurt, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 100%. Yeah, okay. They're, like, they're shooting Protect the kid from himself. Stop, stop playing him. Like, yep. I, I like, get – Elko like, should pull him. Yeah. The, the responsible things to pull him. Um, I don't want to do this next part because I'm about to defend Pat Narduzzi. Why? <laughs> Why would you do that? Because they clipped the quote in a weird place. Oh, okay. The full quote so, is Tell me follows. the quote. Yeah, tell me the, the quote. The full quote. Okay, so the quote that got aggregated and they got his players mad at him, that's probably Mike Costum's goddamn job, honestly. Like, it really, this this is bad. The quote that's been out there, it says, you lose a lot of good players from a year ago and you think as a coach you're going to replace them, and obviously we haven't. That's the whole quote that got out. The entire quote is, as a football coach, you lose a lot of good players from a year ago. You think as a coach you're going to replace them, and obviously we haven't. Again, it starts with me. I didn't do a good enough job coaching today. Put it on me, and we've got to make plays. It's not that much better. Mm. But it is better. Yeah. The first quote's like, because the first quote got out there, and you, I think upwards of 15 current, current pit players replied on Twitter. I, oof. I mean, I don't have a ton of sympathy for you when you, like, had Kenny Pickett and winning and scoring points made you so mad that you went and changed your entire offensive philosophy to stop doing that. You know, like, if you're if you're not able to figure out if you're the problem, that's pretty good evidence that you were the problem. Yeah, like if you take a team that was really great and fun. And go, you know what? That really, like, that whole go into a bowl that was actually better than Treeport really sucks. Like, let's never do that again. Like, yeah, you're like, your philosophy is the problem here. And, like, I, I, I mean, I hate it for, I don't hate it for Narduzzi in any case, but, like, I do hate that, like, we're, we're arguing here about getting blown out by Notre Dame because Notre Dame's good. Like, it's not like Notre, Notre Dame, Dame sucks. Good. Like, they're good. The, like, the loss that makes less sense is, like, losing to Louisville, like, not closing that game out, but, like, yeah. Going down to Notre it's just, Dame. It's a, you can't, that can't be a post-game quote. That's something no. that you say to boosters and NIL luncheon, but you don't say it there. There's Especially, like, on the road, because now, guess what? We're on a fucking plane together, brother. What you want to talk about? Yeah. yeah, it's like, were you talking about me? Am I, am I the one that, you you know, like... Let's go to the Big Ten where the most important team is a team that didn't play. Connor Stallions. 
baby. <laughs> the Michigan Connor Stallions. Is, the fact um, that that is the name is still just it's still underappreciated. Like even no, as great no, as it is. No. The thing that's the thing that's ridiculous is that the name Connor Stallions should have been a fake name. Because that would have been one level of OPSEC that was not applied to, like, Jason, I'm not a criminal. My brain works in ways sometimes (laughs) that mean that would have been a good occupation for me. Mm. But moi, with a real name unsecured Venmo account? Vin mowing directly with Jay Harbaugh? Jason, I'm no criminal. I, but I'm also no dummy. It appears Mr. Stallions was neither as well. Was at least uh, both. I take it back. I, one thing to, like, every parent on earth does better work hiding their kids' Christmas presents than this dude did trying to go steal like the actual signals of other football teams like if you are a woman <laughs> who is sexually engaged with connor stallions he has never cheated on you <laughs> because you would have found out immediately <laughs> and with very little effort on your own part he might have told you at this point. He, he pro- you know what he <laughs> probably <laughs> told you because <laughs> apparently Showed he was telling people what he was doing he was outsourcing it <laughs> And not paying them like very, like they were making they were getting a free plane ticket they were getting a game ticket and like fifty bucks to do this, <laughs> sir. The biggest expense is going to be the silence pay, because now these people have no reason not to roll on you, which they're doing to great effect up and down the sports <laughs> media cycle. I do love that Jim that Jim Harbaugh now has to do the Stringer Bell quote from the co-op of like, are you are you taking notes taking on a criminal conspiracy? A criminal conspiracy. <laughs> and the best part is either they st- Big Ten because not only is like this a Big Ten issue, so all the other member schools are pissed. They can actually act. I reminded everyone last week, but I remind them again. They changed the rules so Ohio State can play in the title game once. They'll keep Michigan. What if they keep Michigan out of the title game as as some sort of retribution, but they still make the playoff? Like <laughs> that's the that's one of the funniest ways this can end. The other funniest way is this can end is they actually go through everything. They win the national title and they have to give it back. The, a third funniest way is they win the national title, they have to give it back, and Jim Harbaugh leaves, which is go- the last thing. He's gone. By the way, <laughs> yeah, he's done. They dance with this motherfucker every year. And now you give him friction on this? And I do not know that Jim Harbaugh knew. I want to make that very clear. It doesn't matter because things happen at Bama that Saban doesn't know about. So is it feasible that, like, Pat Fitzgerald didn't know about that stuff? It's not infeasible, but it's not bloody fucking likely. Same thing here. Because of the Venmo. Like, I keep coming back to the Venmo. Like, why? Like, when, when they... Okay, can I sound old for a second? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. When the Iowa State kids get caught gambling on their own games, and they did it through the goddamn motherfucking internet. Yeah. Are we just raising dumb kids now? 
Yeah, it's like, y'all should the devious, Is the devious gene just skipped an entire generation of, like, unaware idiots? Or are these the, the dumbest of the kids who are being weeded off because everyone else has an actual bookie? I mean, to their credit, they were taking the under in El Asico, which I feel I like is at least... bad at betting. I said they were dumb <laughs> the way they did it. It was a, it was was a prudent worth, financial decision. Worthwhile bet, that. yeah. Can, well, can we talk about the did he know or not know real quick? Because the one thing I come back sure. to is, like, you've seen all these clips. They're going out now of, like, Connor Stallions is standing there by, like, the DC or the OC. Dog, and he's clearly what? got, like, a sheet, right? He's got, like, his little laminated thing. And he's, like, looking over the sideline. Like, in the, again, in the most, like, freaking, like, dude with a fake mustache on, like, staring over there. Kind of, kind Connor Stallions is actually two children on each other's shoulders in a trench coat. Like, yeah, right. I mean, he really is just a cartoon character with a binoculars. Um, and then he'll, like, look and then see the thing. And then he'll talk to the DC robot. And then, like, all of a sudden, signals will happen from behind the DC of, like, oh, hey, guys, they're running this. They're running this. If you're Jim Harbaugh. I feel like at a certain point, this becomes like a, how dumb are you if you don't know that, like, what is, like, Connor? <laughs> what is we know the answers vary. Like, I feel yeah, like, like that's a leading on, question, sir. <laughs> but it's like, what's on Connor's spreadsheet over here that he's looking up at the sideline and going, hey, order. they're running blank. <laughs> and, like, you don't know that he that that's the thing he has? <laughs> More to the point, I don't give a shit if he knew. Like, this is enough friction. Like, the reason he... He tried to have a library torn down for a bowling alley once. Jim Harbaugh is an asshole. And every year you get, remember last year and no one like really, I kept, every time I would do a podcast, I'd be like, you know, he hasn't signed the contract, right? Yeah. yeah everyone recognized that they have an idea, a deal in principle, which means like June, he had not signed his fucking contract. The thing about it is everyone knows Jim Harbaugh is an asshole. And he bumped in the heads with Jed York that he had to leave the NFL. And now, this place that's accommodated him at every goddamn weird turn is in a place where they can't defend him from some shit that he did. And he's going to act like the aggrieved party, and he's going to leave his alma mater somehow not in disgrace because that's how these people work they also tell you that they're the best people in sports meanwhile this scandal has not happened like that's the fun part like when there's a recruiting scandal no one's loud about it unless it's steve sprayer and phil for former then steve gets real personal real loud about it which is petty and beautiful and that's my favorite relationship in sports but like when there's a recruiting scandal you don't see georgia wagging a finger you know why because we all know it's the same dirt. Yeah, we're cheating too. <laughs> Shoot, we're cheating better than you. That's why we're winning. <laughs> that's why no one's calling our phones. You cheated poorly. That's why you're getting talked to. Mm-hmm. But this filming shit, it's beyond the pale. The fact that you've offended the sensibilities, for one, being who you are, Michigan, you guys know who you are. But yeah. two... You've allowed, like, Indiana to take the moral high road. Indiana, who should have beaten Penn State yesterday? Let's get back to the games. That no, 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 hang on. It's worse. It's not Indiana that gets to take the moral high ground. You allowed Ohio State to take the moral high ground. A bunch of sweater-wearing fascists. A That's bunch of at. fascists. You know, like, J.D. Vance can take the high road on you. That's where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> You've landed there, Michigan. That's a horrible place. Get out. <laughs> 
whole bunch of like Joe Biden, Michigan <laughs> Democrats sitting here getting dunked on by J.D. Vance of Hillbilly oh Elegy fame. Oh my God. Over, if you over don't stuff. get that joke, thank you for not being online. Thank you. Yeah. I applaud you for being a better person than me or Jason, because that's the funniest I've watched on this podcast in about a year. That was great by you. Um, Indiana should have beaten Penn State. James Franklin is a goddamn con artist. What on earth are we doing there, man? This this is exactly what I was talking about when I was saying, like, who are you going to go get? Because Penn State needs to be having a conversation. Like No. Like, so, okay. I've come all the way around to this, like, four times. You think they should Mark Richt him? Like, they, they shouldn't Mark Richt him for good Mark Richt reasons. Ten wins. The Ten wins. Biggest, show, right? The biggest thing that you and I have ever – that I was on a fucking island about at Dude You Crazy was – I wouldn't fire Mark Rich because there's so much uncertainty in X. And we got the one that worked. We are the fucking, we are the, 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 the exception that proved the rule, the one that gives everyone else hope, but nope, sorry, you hired Dan Mullen. Like, yep. I don't, Georgia as an aspirational thing is a man coming to his alma mater after leaving Nick Saban as his second for a decade. It is so goddamn unique. The closest thing in the world will be whoever hires Dan Lanning, which I am like, it's going to keep me up at night in the offseason. Mm-hmm. The Florida job going to him or Dion terrifies me. Those are the two names. Everyone else yeah. I'm fine with. Jimbo, because I think it'd be funny. But everyone else I'm oh, fine yeah. with. God, yes, please. Jim would be <laughs> please. hilarious. <laughs> Dion is and Dan Jimbo Lanning fu- terrify me. Is Jimbo oh, Jimbo's fault with his uh, Middle East peace plan to keep the price of gas down so he keeps his job. <laughs> That's what Jimbo's doing. Jimbo is brokering peace, my friend. <laughs> I I think the t- the t- like Penn State, the ten wins are tolerable. What if, else are you? You're Penn State, bro. You're well, State on, College, Pennsylvania, bro. I understand. I, like I'm totally with you on this, on that, on that side of it. But there is a certain indignity to not being able to complete a forward pass that I don't think some of these people are going to be able to handle. You know, and that's you know what that maybe you can talk about stylistic. You can bring in. I'm saying that if you fire James Franklin, welcome to the wilderness. Like welcome yeah. to the points we're making. Like it's not pretty in these streets, and it gets prettier when you expand the playoff. And James Franklin can say national playoff. Penn State, which he'll be able to do because what do they do now? They lose every year twice to Michigan and Ohio State, and they coast the rest of the way because the goddamn big kids upon this game. Yeah. I mean, to, like, right now, hang on, though. It, 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 so, yeah, Penn State's like, we're going to get in the playoff. Who do you think you're going to play in the playoff? You don't get to Jason, play Iowa. You don't understand the point. The point is, I can go to my boosters and say, we are a playoff team. Make us a better playoff team, and they can get more money from them. You, yeah. This is the game. The reason they expanded it is not for parity. It's so that they can generate more money for the entire goddamn system. Because we saw how much you'll pay for the four. Imagine what the 12 will pay. Imagine what the next eight will pay on the outside looking in. <laughs> I, like, I'm thinking that now. And it's like, well, some of them are kind of broke. Because now we're talking about like... Now we're down to Iowa, basically. Well, like, no, because Iowa's getting their Big Ten share, unlike these new teams for the first five years. Yeah, I, like, I, I guess just to me, the expanded it's a playoff. It's walk to the super conferences. Yeah, sure. But I think, too, the, 
there's a certain a certain amount of like reality check you got to have at Penn State of like, well, like how far do you think you're going to get in an expanded playoff? Like, do you think like because right now Georgia could beat this team with its backups. Um, like, I don't think like Penn State's defense is very good, but you know if you put 20 points on them, they're done. Like you, at that point, you're just like your big brother with your hand on little brother's forehead yeah, and there's yeah. like flailing their arms, you know? Um, and like Ole Miss is smoking this Penn State team. Yeah. And, and Ole Miss isn't even, is probably not the fifth best team in the Southeastern Conference. And the Southeastern Conference isn't that good baby. The game, what they saw was, look at the Ponzi scheme that is the Big Ten. What if we did this everywhere? And that's how we got to a 12-team playoff. Who's good? Yeah, Who do I we mean, tell you is good? Clemson's good? Clemson's ass. Ohio State's good? Mm, maybe Wisconsin by two touchdowns. I'm not sure how good Ohio State is. Yeah, I don't know. Northwestern beats Maryland, because why not? Minnesota, you know, Michigan State. Like, ooh, buddy. Yeah. Rolling this Ofer Big Ten is going to be a thing. And guess what? Pat Fitzgerald winning this Northwestern. Not that hard, apparently. They're four and four. Hold on, let me see something. Is Northwestern going to make a bowl? Let's Ooh, play yeah, that let's game. see the schedule game for Northwestern. Because I really, you know, I did last week. I don't know if it was in the podcast. I did the will the Falcons make the playoffs? They're going to be. Ooh. They may win the South. Like they, they're going to be a playoff wow. team, and I can't wait to bet against them. Okay. Northwestern uh, home for Iowa. That's a win. Mm, no. Hey, God, that's like Northwestern a can cool. score. Yeah, right, right. I don't know. You're right. I, I, I was at fantastic. That's fine. At Wisconsin, that's a loss. Probably. Then home for Purdue, that's probably a win. That's a win. Purdue's terrible. And then at Illinois to close the season, we're that's talking about bowling after Northwestern with the same record as best case scenario Clemson. <laughs> <It's> Clemson. <laughs> Northwestern might finish with more wins than you. Like there's a, there's definitely <laughs> a chance really where they win seven games. <laughs> There's a scenario where Northwestern goes seven and five. Oh, and I love every second about this. Let's wrap up by looking at the Pac-12 for the final season. I want to say something. I was up all day hanging out with my son, reading uh, DJ profiles about how he thinks it turned around Oregon State. Da, 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 da. I was like, well, I'm too tired to stay up for a big Pac-12 after dark. Let me see if I can get at least started. I woke up this morning and saw that they lost. I'd never wasted more words in one day on one person than I did there. This is the way the Pac-12 needed to end. Uh, USC somehow surviving having Alex Grinch be on, the on their staff. They <laughs> should be arrested. <laughs> I just I, you look at Lincoln and you go, why are you doing this to yourself? You know, no, like, this like, wasn't Lincoln. That's the best part. Lincoln's sick. This was Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> oh God, I forgot about that. <laughs> I, I mean more like the 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 act of keeping out the saying, staff. I know you're I mean the know? active <laughs> on the sideline responsible adult was Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> Nearly losing the cast. It's like, hey, Dad, uh, I'm taking the car out. I'll bring it back with a full tank of gas. <laughs> but I hit every tree on the way home. Just letting I, you know. <laughs> the, the tank is full. And you can see it from the outside of the car now. Yeah. Dad, I want to leave with the I want to leave with the good news first. Takes yeah. full <laughs> odometer isn't that bad, but I did. There might be some officers coming by later with some questions about an old lady that is is no longer you, with us. And I just we make never sure saw that, anything. Know. It's a, it's a real tragedy, but we feel real broken up about it. We also don't know anything about it. 
<laughs> but I just, I, you look at, there was a time, like I've followed teams. We both have, have you know, the Mark Rick era. I think we did this a little bit. I'm thinking about a particular soccer example that I won't say, but um, we follow teams and you see them sometimes where it's like, why are you choosing? Because you're choosing. You're choosing to stink at this one thing that you can't win big without. Like, if you're bad at defense, like, we have proven now that, like, or, like, you're just, you're misreading the thing that everybody else understands, which is, like, great offenses can win championships. That's true. They can. But, like, every great offense you're thinking about also had a defense that was serviceable. And you cannot win with a defense that's just a whole bunch of cardboard cutouts of people. And that's what USC is right now, though. It's just you show up, like, Ohio State shows up. It used to be, not now. But it used to be Ohio State shows up and they're putting 40 on people, right? Get off the bus, put 40 on the scoreboard. That's what they're putting 22 up and holding on for their life. Yeah, right. So we're going to we're we're kick the crap out of these field goals. Um, <laughs> USC right now, if you step onto USC's field, you might as well just put 40 points on the board for yourself. That's where you're at. Cal put 48 on them. Like, 49. why are you choosing? Why are you choosing this life? You don't have to do that. You can go find somebody who can stop teams at 30. Like, you, like seriously, this, the challenge for USC there, is just, like, just hold people to 28. You hold them to so 28. When, so when you, and I were writing, when you and I were writing for Dude You Crazy and now defunct Georgia website, we started a Twitter account that still exists to this day. I think Andrew has a login. UGA special teams, because at one oh, point, yeah. Mark Richt famously did not want to have a special teams coordinator on staff. And it bit us in the ass repeatedly. So many times. <laughs> it's the I point can't believe that was like, the first thing that came to my mind. It's just a running joke. Like, I don't, what, why would you choose that? Like, it's not like a lack of resources. It's not like we couldn't afford one. It's not like no one wanted to do the job. It was, we've actively looked at the position and deemed it unimportant. This could never, <laughs> this is a level of papers that could never hurt anyone. Stop at, there'll be no further questions. Like, <laughs> just real embarrassing shit. <laughs> And um, yeah, I don't get it. I don't. I don't get it. I don't want to get it. Another thing I don't get. Or I get it. This is another thing I get, and I've explained it to people, and everyone thinks I'm fucking crazy. The Dion plan is working perfectly. Miss a bowl year one. Make a bowl year two. Then go. Then it's proof of concept. Let's go shopping for a contract at a big mm. school. So if I can do this at Colorado with their resources. Because, like, for what it's worth, he bet on them. He said, I bet on himself. Because when he signed, they didn't have the money to pay him. He said, I can generate that money. He generated the money. <clears throat> Excuse me. But we're at the time of year where we knew this was going to happen. You saw what happened with Matt Rule. Matt Rule and uh, Nebraska, they're 5-3 and three right now. Real embarrassing loss to Colorado. Colorado's 4-4. Four and four. Colorado's not going to win another football game this year. Sorry to break it to everyone listening. Colorado played their backup left guard. They have a very, 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 very explosive and interesting skill group on the field. However, football games are won up front. They're won with depth up front, particularly this time of year when everyone's hurt. And when I know you've got a backup left guard and they know you've got a backup left guard, it's going to be a long day. A very valid criticism of Shador Sanders is sometimes he takes off running a little bit too early. This was not that yesterday. Yesterday was a heroic effort to stay alive. Yeah. <laughs> he, every time he ran, it was a necessity. 
I want that to be. I, people will say, oh, look, just like earlier, you're running too much. No, 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 my friends. It may look the same. Those are very different decisions. Yeah. <laughs> somebody who's They're, jogging and somebody who's running away from a tiger are doing the same activity. That's a different reason. <laughs> clearly, different, clearly different motivations. The trap, you say what you got to say, but it's not going to yell about Travis Hunter. I mean, I like, go ahead and yell at Travis Hunter because I have a more meta Dion comment that I want to get to after. after Someone this. tweeted at me and like, I want to thank my son for helping me grow as a man because they said, what's the, pro I tweeted a picture of uh, uh, Travis Summers and the number of snaps he had taken a lot, like average snaps. It's like something like 200. It's disgusting. And someone said, what, I said, this is unconscionable and the adults in, the, in charge should be ashamed of themselves. And said, what's the problem if he wants to do it? Why should they stop it? <clears throat> Which felt like a troll. It felt like I was like, that answer's so that's designed to make me angry and it's working. <laughs> but let's play the let's maybe that was a good faith game. It is dangerous because football is dangerous. It's dangerous because as you push your body towards exhaustion, you do not move with the swiftness or alacrity you acquired, particularly at high-level football, which means when mistakes he's made, which means you can get hurt more seriously. Case in point, when Stanford <clears throat> roiled back on Clemson on, on Colorado, excuse me, they were throwing at your boy, Travis Hunter. Mm -hmm. Because he was fucking exhausted. Because no adult was like, hey, man, you want to be the best corner? Stop playing all these fucking receiver routes. And better yet, stop playing when you're stalk blocking. The fact that he's in on running plays, like, I get, like, schematically why you do it. But it's so – I'm like, oh, I, his parents need to fight Deion. Fight all eight, all eight toes. Me and eight toes going to fight physically. Look at the Derrick Henry numbers from Alabama in high school. Like, those numbers will get you to fight a coach. This shit should make you want to fight a coach, Mr. Hunter. I'm going to tell you, the only person that are not fighting him is um, Mr. I believe his name is Io Mayor's parents, because that dude is going to be in the league now because of cooking Travis Hunter for like 230-something yards for the Stanford wide receiver. <laughs> he got paid. I wouldn't take another snap in college. Sorry, Coach. I'm oh, yeah, too no, valuable. I, I'm just, I'm like, I can't play for Stanford play anymore. <laughs> play the Colorado tape, Mr. Jones, and, and draft me. <laughs> I believe the number starts with a, a lot, and we'll go from there. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Well, it's, the, it's, the, the, Go ahead, the meta point. Yeah, the broader beyond point, I think, is I do think people have – people are taking a bit too much from, like – I think people have jumped to the whole, like, well, everybody now is going to do what Dion did and just, like, walk into a bad job and say, all right, all y'all got to get out of here. I'm going into the portal. And I think people just have misread how unique Prime is as a phenomenon of, like, he is a – universal type celebrity presence and like he can draw people in a way that like you know Lance Leopold isn't walking into Penn State and going like all right so we all need to get in the portal you know like because nobody's like Lane Kiffin is trying That'd to be hilarious this. though <clears throat> it would be really funny <laughs> but like like Lane Kiffin the, the prime blueprint not for his like you know milking a, a power school to get a better contract but like the blueprint of like walking in and like saying, we're going to build from the portal. And if we get all the best players from the portal and get all these best transfers, then we're going to build like, you know, a little uh, bionic man of a, of a team that's going to make the playoff. 
if that were possible, Lane Kiffin would have done it already. Like, that's all he does at Ole Miss. And Ole Miss is not a playoff team. They're not going to be a playoff team now. They're not going to be a playoff team in 10 years. They're not a playoff. I mean, they will in 10 years when it's a 12. But, like, they're not a playoff team right now. It's 16. Um, but, like, and, yeah, and like, but at 12, like, Ole Miss is still one of those teams that could lose to Air Force in the opening round, you know? Like, they're a team where they're brittle. Like, you hit them and they can break. Whereas the kind of success that Georgia and, and Bama and, you know, uh, I was going to say it used to be Clemson, but not anymore. But, like, the kind of, like Ohio State, those teams, they're a different level of depth, you know, that you can't you just can't build out of a portal. And, like, if Dion can ever stay in one place long enough for us to see proof of concept the next recruiting. Place. It's, the, it's the next place. The next place is the place where he's going to walk in and not have a complete rebuild. It's going to be a place yeah. that's got good bones, a place that possibly has been run, a place that could be Florida. Like if, if I think the deal is, I think the the Colorado deal is a two year deal because you you take it this year, you you exceed uh, the the projected wins was three, he's already won four, so there's your win. Yeah. You've already made so much money for the program, you got eyeballs on the program. You take it a full off season, a full recruiting cycle, you build something that you believe has legs, and then you make a bowl next year. And from there, especially in a as we just admitted, weakened Big Twelve, like it lines up perfectly to make a bowl next year. And then from there, like you can't say the third year because the Again, my brain works a certain way, and the way you scam people is you keep beating expectations. Once expectations reach a place, you have to leave town. Because making a bowl, what's the next expectation, Jason? Making the playoff. And he ain't doing that shit at Colorado. Well, So, it's dog yeah. time to skip town. It's, they, they've done two rounds of the, uh, of, the, yeah. of the snake oil. It's time to leave. Pull up snakes. I agree. They're going to get the only thing I'd tell you is year two, he could compete for the Big 12 championship. Like, that's possible. No Texas, no Oklahoma. It's possible that they could make that championship. Yeah, fine. That's fine. Make game, lose it to, to Lance in, Colorado, in Kansas, and then you yeah. still make a pretty good bowl. <laughs> but I'm saying that the, the step after that is where you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. He can't There's no next Correct. step that doesn't involve not making the playoff. So you've got to go. Um, last game I want to talk about here. Oregon, Utah. Um, Utah, I bet you wish you didn't have a pig farmer quarterback now, don't you, buddy? And this is why I'm scared of Dan Lanning. Because in the time he's gotten to Utah, he's turned them from a team that got a boat raced in his very first coaching experience against Georgia in that kickoff game, which I'll always enjoy, into a team that's going to beat you to death. Offensively, defensively, special teams. Oregon's going to hit you and then keep hitting you. They're going to fit in great in the Big Ten. Except all these points. Except why are you scoring so many goddamn points? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's he's one, one defensive stand away from... We're talking about like guaranteed playoff this year, yeah. Without yeah. without a cha- conference championship game, and probably the toughest out of the playoff, I would think. Oh God, yes. I don't. I you want know, no like, part of playing Oregon. No yeah. part of them. Um, Dude, how wild is that? For two years ago, I was like, "Oh, we went against Oregon. Let's go!" Like now, I'm like, oh, "I don't want to see Oregon." No, thank no. you. No thanks. I want I no want part. No of, part like, of Oregon. Weird to have no want no part of Bo Nix, but I don't. I don't want it. I, I refuse to. This is not. This is this is bigger than Bo. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, of course. But you know, 
I, like I don't think Bo Nix is the reason for their success, but I I do no. think it's like like I am far more confident. Either, yeah. yeah, far more confident. Shoot, I'm far more confident to play Ohio State right now than I am Oregon. I, I have no faith in Ohio State right now. I have no faith in the Big Ten right now. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I'd want them. I don't want. I, I think I want Michigan because like. A lot of a lot of uh, hay has been made about Georgia's week schedule. Go look at Michigan's schedule. Their no one's hit Michigan. No one's hit Michigan yet. No one's hit them yet. Yeah. No one's no one's going to hit Michigan all season. No, I mean they're like their their ending stretch is Purdue and I think they had Illinois on the schedule. Like their 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 schedule is truly atrocious. Like Georgia's Georgia's ending stretch is difficult. Um, yeah. Oh, without Brock Bowers, you're gonna learn. We're gonna learn a lot in the next four weeks. I was gonna say three, but goddamn Georgia Tech. Jason, man, thank you for coming on so much. <laughs> I'll tell everyone they can find your occasional internet musings. Uh, you can find me at Jason is a Smith on uh, Twitter and Blue Sky. Uh, probably more Blue Sky than Twitter these days, but um, you can find me there. And I might. I don't think I'm gonna write anything, but uh, if I ever do write things, you can find out about them on that feed. If we lose to Mizzou, he'll be here next week because he does hate the entire state. I will not. I don't want to talk about it if we lose to Mizzou. <laughs> I was there for that. I, I was there for the Michael Sam game. No, thank you. I don't want any part of that. Oh, it felt terrible. I hated it. God damn. Please. At, at least it's at home. Like, that's a, like going to Mizzou. If we were going to Columbia this year, I'd be like, I don't like it. Because there's also the Neapocalypse here where everyone lost, everyone got hurt. Like, I no, think you're thinking about like Tennessee it. that time. Well, yeah, that's happened there. That's happened there too. It happened two different years. It was yeah. great. Um, yeah, uh, that was your show, guys. There is no outro. See you guys next week.